When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Oi, oi, oi. It's three points in the gaff. Happy New Year to all you listeners. Best wishes for 2022. And believe me, listen, big up to all of you that like, tuned in in 2021 as well. Do you know what I mean? And welcome to any new listeners. You found the right gaff. I mean, let me tell you something. If you got told about this podcast, if you got forwarded to your WhatsApp group chat, someone messaged you, told you about it, they've blessed you. Trust me, they've blessed you for 2022. Do you know what I mean? So listen, it's the first show of the year. Well, big up Natalie and Alderly Edge. Do you know what I mean? I know she's tuning in every week. Do you know what I mean? Big up all the group chats out there, all the Twitter blues and reds. Do you know what I mean? The TF, the TRA, the 1894 at the Etihad, everyone from North, South, East, West, Manchester, up and down the country and across the world. Do you know what I mean? Big up yourselves. Happy New Year. We're here again and we don't stop. Do you know what I mean? So listen, you know how we get down around here? It's me, Pundit J. I'm here with Jay Motty, Manchester United fan, and I'm here with Mike's Manchester City fan, and we discuss United and City and we debate everything that goes on in this wonderful city. So do you know what? Without a further ado, let's get to it. We're going to talk about the Blues. Mike's Manchester City, what's going on, mate? What's going on? The bandwagon's still rolling. Talk to yeah. me, bro. Yeah, no, I've got to agree. So, echoing your words. So, first of all, like you said, Happy New Year to all the three points in the gap listeners. Happy New Year to all my fellow City fans out there. And a special Happy New Year to Rodri. I tell you what, <laughs> that goal against Arsenal was absolutely euphoric. Set the New Year's Day off to an absolute great start. Uh, you get me? So, yeah, 2022. It's just set it off to a great start. And 2022, by the way, it's becoming a significant number at the minute. But anyway, it's a, it's a, it's a great start. <laughs> Started already. <laughs> to the new year. But in terms of that game against Arsenal, it's one of those uh, pundit, yeah, where we didn't play that well. We didn't play well at all. We didn't play well at all. So getting an injury time, we're not, there's, there's nothing better. But there was something more edgy about that game that was going on. I don't know. I just felt Arsenal were getting a bit above the station during that game and stuff. And let's have it right here. I've seen a lot of Arsenal fans turn around. We absolutely done this year's, we done that year's. It was nothing like that. We were at our worst of the season. They were at their best. And statistically, it was still a close game. And even if you look at it, you would have said, actually, how, how, how have Arsenal fans worked out that they deserve to win it? 
Um, so it, it was nothing like how they're trying to portray. They might have edged it in certain areas and looked like the more livelier team. But overall, a, a 90th, 93rd minute winner, there was nothing better. Hey. I'll tell you what, when, when Roddy went knee sliding into the corner, I jumped up and was right behind him. Like, <laughs> I, I, it was absolutely going off, and to be fair, yeah, like, but mate, no complaints. But mate, come on, let's be honest. City were City didn't play good though. Nah, nah, I, I'll admit that we 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 didn't play good, you know. But at the same time, do you know what I think it is as well, pundit? Sometimes because a lot of fans have got this idea in the head, yeah, that City have to be on point twenty four seven. And the moment we drop anything below that, and a team gets is involved in a game more than they perceive they should be, that yeah. people's heads go off. Like, Arsenal fans have come away from that game proud of the lads. It's one of the best performances of the season. They're still lost. You get me? They didn't, they didn't dominate us. We didn't play well. They played better than, than, than people expected. So all of a sudden now, that's been inflated to a great Arsenal performance. But I've I seen a lot of similarities between that performance from us and the, the game before against Brentford. We only beat yeah, Brentford well, I was going to... Gonna... Yeah, I was just about to say that to you. Obviously, you have not really played performance-wise very well in the last two games, but you know what? You have collected six points in it, and it's testament in it because the, obviously rotation is the hardest month of the year, as we all know. It's difficult, and like like you've just said, in it, people do expect City to be on point every single game, and that's just not going to happen in it. So I, I I can understand why you man are buzzing in it with that three points because it looked like it was going to be a draw or something. Do you know what I mean? But can I actually sort of know like? What, what what do you think it is as to why the performance level has kind of semi-dropped in the last two games? Is it just tiredness or what? Or, yeah, I just or... feel like you said, I just hit the head. I just think there's a lot of games in a short space of time. Some weeks, some teams had a few, a week or two off in, in the middle of that. But we've just been back to back to back, playing, rotating the team as much as as much as we can. And and to be fair, even even um even the ones that have had a rest, you've got to remember the, the close proximity of games over that Christmas period. You've got Pep, is relentless. Imagine you in that dressing room, a relentless gaffer putting it on you 24-7. Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. And you're having to keep up. I take, I take my heart to them players in there because it, it, it must be hard work just listening to that constantly, day in, day out, and keep performing. And like you said, like, like you said before, you, you get me, you, you come out of there, that grit and that desire to win was just there from, from, from start to end, really. I think yeah. as well to, be, to what I'm seeing when I've seen City, you seem to be rattling teams. You know, rattling players, players losing their heads. You know, you spoke about them, Mike, about Arsenal fans, and Arsenal fans losing their minds is nothing new. But <laughs> oh my god, after that game, I mean, you know me, I'm no City fan, and I think City have, have have got away with one. I'll happily mention that or comment on it or you know re- repeat it or whatever. But you'd think that the referee had a blue shirt on, some of the decisions yeah, yeah. going on about. And I was looking at it thinking, hang on a minute, if that's me, if I'm an Arsenal fan, I'm asking, why is my defender getting booked twice in four minutes? Agreed. That's That, for yeah. me, infuriates me. Was it was it the kid from Wolves, Jimenez, who did it against you lot? Not long yeah, ago. yeah, yeah. Like, Maguire did it against Watford, and I was fuming with him. You get a yellow, and then you get a second yellow two minutes later. It's just stupidity. And then yeah. there's these things like the, the, the replay of this, the, the one with Edison, the penalty yeah, that yeah. wasn't given, where Edison's had his ankle stamped on or whatever. I'm like, what are you on about, man? Like, that, look at your own team. Look at your, Take responsibility instead of going, oh, the referee condos, the referee did that, VAR did that. No, he didn't. No, it didn't. I'll tell you what, it you, did. You, I say it did, but it didn't. You know, Arsenal just left, let the Reds go as usual. And I'm yeah, saying yeah, that so totally often. I agree. I mean, the, the week before, when we talked about the week before, I think it was. Um... Either we played Newcastle or Edison pretty much took out the guy. We was all in agreement. To me, that should have been a penalty. Yeah. That's, There's no yeah. debate there. This one here with the Arsenal thing, 
absolute joke. Like you said, that he's practically stood on Edison's foot and he's gone over him. He's gone over. So if it had been given, I would have been peeved off. But I would have thought, all right, fair enough. But with it not being given, it's not a stonewall. How oh, that is gone? You gotta be checking via what well, the way how they were going on on the uh, the punditry. Like VAR needs a big investigation and the overhauls. <laughs> Basically, it was just a, a, a joke themselves. And the other thing as well, Arsenal, Arsenal as a club as well. They they're there crying more because I've seen a lot. Like you said, I've seen a lot of stuff online about oh, you know. This city, the, the only team that can afford to have like fifty million pounds sat on the bench, and I'm sat there thinking, you've got a Bamiyang sat out at home chilling, watching games on TV, playing PlayStation. And you've got Nicholas Pepe, seventy-two mil there, that's just sat there chilling as well. I think a lot of these top four clubs are hypocritical about what's sat on the bench and what isn't, and there's a lot of similarities, but they only tend to pick off cherry pick what what suits them. But you're quite right in terms of that referee performance. I don't think he had the greatest game because some of the he started losing it a little bit because one or two of the decisions where there weren't big decisions, he was blowing his whistle and then his end was just going up in the air. Like, what is it? Are we going left? Are we going right? It looked like he, he kind of lost it a little bit. But the big decisions, uh, no complaints with any of them. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen. Yeah. yeah. Well, tell you the truth. Yeah, when Rodri scored, he made a big decision to run to run over to the Arsenal fans. Like. What what do you man think of that? Do you think it's wrong? Do you think it's right? Do you think it's just part of the game? Because I see Arsenal fans dashing the sandwiches, dashing the lunch boxes, all sorts <laughs> of Rodri. Do you get me? I see Rodri, he ripped off his shirt like a wrestler, chipped over there. I thought, where's he going? I thought he's going into the Arsenal fans and that. Do you know what I mean? But how do you man think? How do you man see that? Like, do you like that type of stuff? Because some people you know love, love all of that. Do you know, I'd be a hypocrite if I said I didn't, because I remember when Real Ferdinand did it at the Etihad and got a coin through at him, and now he's out of order. If he wants to celebrate in front of whoever he can, he wants to, he can do, and all this, that, and the other. And I still feel like that. I feel as a player, as a fan, sorry, you want to see your players showing passion. And if they're going to run in front of fans and, and all this, people, some people say, oh, it's a safety issue and, and this sort of it's nonsense. I want my players to show a bit of, like, like they care, like they, like they get what it means. And it's a last-minute winner. So I understand where, you know, the, the, the sort of the yeah. excitement you were just saying then, Mike's how, how you were sort of, you know, uh, metaphorically with him. And I think, like, I get it. Do you know what I mean? And I'm not just going to say, I'm, I've got to be honest about it. If a United player did that, I'd be happy with it. I've seen United players do that, like I want to mention. I just mentioned with Rio. So I'm not going to say, oh, it's out of order just because the City lad's done it. I think, yeah. again, I feel like people are just looking at the wrong arguments. And I feel like a lot of it's def- deflecting. Arsenal's record against the top teams is shocking this season. Mm. They, they, I think they've lost to all the top teams and they've lost some of their games convincingly. And I think that that is sort of a deflection tactic of all. Rodri's done this and the referee's done that and VAR's done that because they don't want to look at their own players and look at the fact that they've got, like you just said, talent not even playing. Yeah, do you, yeah, do you know what it is, Losing their heads and, 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 and other ones not showing any leadership. So I think, yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's just... you know what it is, yeah? A lot of fans, yeah, like, they forget that a football match is 95 minutes, isn't it? Like, you, mm. it doesn't matter if you have the ball for 89, 89 minutes and then the team goes up and attacks for one minute and scores a goal and wins 1-0. That's just part of the game, isn't it? Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, so... I think I think for Arsenal fans, they just got piped down a little bit. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? But I I remember um Adebayor celebration. Do you know when he was when he played for City? And he ran <laughs> See, up, he that ran that the... was the one. That was the one that everyone points to because that was something different. That one he ran the like the left. <laughs> Yo, he was on City. He, he was doing Forest Gump and all that. Like, he was he was having a laugh. <laughs> Yo, listen, he was he, he was doing all kinds of madness to get to get to the other end of the stadium. Do you know what I mean? But um, but Mike's what I'm saying. Like obviously, I just want to touch on him. Folded and Grealish. Yeah, before recently. you go into that, before you go, go on, into that, go on. just on the Rodri thing. Um, what what do you make of it? Like you say, I was just, what what what's your what what do you, do you do you see an issue? I don't see any issue with me. Like I said, I'm 
I'm all for that. Depending on, I, th- I think people that tend to see an issue like depends on your football upbringing and and, and if you're not, uh, in my view, part of the, if your head's not part of, it means it means a lot to you. Then you, you might I listen a bit over the top. Yeah, I love it. Me, I think it's all tribal. Yeah, we score. I just love it. The fans are there for 95 minutes giving the players grief. Yeah, I've got no issue if an opposing player comes and jumps in front of us in in in, in the stretch for them, yeah, because we've been giving them grief for 95 minutes. I don't mind though. It's part I think it's all part of it, innit? It's all part of the theatrics and the pantomime. Obviously, you don't want man getting licked in the head with bottles and all that. But him a player coming to celebrate against guys that have been giving him stick, yeah, man. Keep it in the game. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't even like the fact that players get booked for taking the shirt off and all that. I think all of it's part of the game. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, on that, on that, on that note though, like in terms of Foden and Grealish, like their behaviours kind of like coming to question it the last few weeks, Mike. Like, are you looking at that as any serious matter, or are you looking at it like, do you know what? Slap on the wrist, lads. Don't be messing about. Just crack on. Or is it a serious? Because Foden's been part of a couple of things now. One for England. A couple of, well, one for City, like, is this is this a concern? Not for me. He's a, he's a young, um, and, you know, youngsters will always do things and that, and some of the best players have had character treats off the field where they've strayed off track a bit and had to be brought back in line. Um, he's worth the yeah. best manager in the world. I, I don't look at, I don't look at Foden at any point of thinking, well, uh, Pep can't tell me anything. I think this is, Foden's, the, in the place he wants to be in it. He, he's playing for the club, he supports winning things. I mean, yeah. that is the pinnacle of any football fan. It? Winning trophies with a club you support. Like, I don't think it gets any better than that. In terms of the Grealish thing, I think Grealish is on a different kind of um, level because he's still trying to find his way in it. So, um, I don't really, I'm not really looked too much into what it is because I'm not seeing anything come out where I'm, it's made me think, oh, really? Is that what he's got up to? And that, it seems like Mr. Mean is to me. But as you know, mm. sometimes these things can grow. But in terms of that, I think players have got lifestyles and what off so off the pitch that we don't know about. I could tell you one or two stories about, like, say, at one of the city parades where I went to Town Hall. Manchester Town Hall was bopping through. And I seen a couple mm. of the members of the squad smoking and I thought, what? But you forget, <laughs> these guys are just normal guys and that it's not... You, you mm. kind of had footballers and some model guys that do everything by the book and live the life through the media but when you see them outside of that it's like well you've got to remember these guys are just just like you and me and do similar things and make similar mistakes so at the moment it's not a concern and I'm not jumping in front of cameras talking about I wish I was still playing in, in Milan so I'm, I'm alright at the minute <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> now nah, I hear you I hear you do you know what I mean but tell you who was playing in front of someone Edison was playing alongside the back four I was listen I was watching the match you know while I was thinking to myself Where's Edison going? What's he doing? Then I seen him stay. I thought he's going to run back to his net in a minute. I seen Edison stay in the position and I seen Cancelo go high and wide. Then I saw Diaz move out to the... I thought, hold on a sec. Edison's participating in the build-up play as a centre-back. So I'm looking at him thinking to myself, this this is something different. Because usually we see Edison doing sweeper-keeper. Most keepers do that. But no, I seen him and then I seen him backpedal and he didn't go back into his penalty area, bro. He was taking part in moving the ball waiting patiently for Arsenal players to nod off and fall asleep to find a long pass or find a simple pass into Rodri. So I put I put a little video up on Twitter, innit? And I'll just read a couple of the comments from a few people. At Kev to Kev 77 he said, um, Edison's positioning and movement is extraordinary. At Milton47, he said, we couldn't do what we do without Edison. He's one of the most key players in, in, in the Pep era. And, and cool Ollie THU21, he said, Edison is underrated. He understands the game too well. 
He saw that City were getting choked in midfield and that's why he went into the centre-back position to initiate the press from Arsenal so that he can give Rodri time and space. And I thought, you know what? A lot of people are seeing the same things. How did you see it, Mike? Just as the last comment there, to be fair, because like I said, I didn't know I've not... I missed that tweet. Um, but yeah, uh, just as your last comment, I think what Edison's done is observed that there was a need for him to step into the area. And do you know what? The level of confidence that that must ensue for him to do that, the level of confidence he's got from the manager, from his teammates and within himself to be able to, in a Premier League football match against a top four side, step into midfield and start knocking it around like it's nobody's business. It, it, it's just, yeah, it's somewhere else. Yeah. And, that. and like you said, for us... Is a, is, a, is a key cog in that wheel. Yeah, no, I hear you. So, is this the best City team of the past five years or what? Because a lot of people say, you know, City's, City have only got the best players. That's that's the reason why they're dominating. That's the reason why they're winning. Mike, are you in agreement with that? Have you got the best players or what? Um, I, I'm going to kind of throw that one back to you guys. So I, I don't think it's a straight clean cut as we have got the best players in it. So, I think we've kind of half done this before. So like I say to you now, if I was to put to you, forget what Edison does for City, and if I was to put to you as pure goalkeeper, would you take Alisson, Edison or De Gea? Jay Motti, who are you taking? Um, Alisson, Edison or De Gea? I probably, uh, you know, I, I'm not just going to put my rose City glasses on there. I have been critical of De Gea over the last few years for a reason. Really? And I think I, it's been your best player. No, over the last three years, okay. I have been critical of him. Since, since the World Cup in 2018, I don't think De Gea has been the player he was before that. This season, he has. This season, I think De Gea has been as good as any keeper I've seen this season. But I think overall, over the last sort of few years, Edison's probably been the standout keeper for me. Head of Alisson? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, the one thing with Alisson, I mean, I know the Scousers, there are any Scousers listening to this, but, you know, you shot me before, Pundit, when you said someone from Alderley Edge listens, so who knows? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the world's our oyster if we're, if we're getting to the, the, the Cheshire suburbs. With our goals, it don't. Um, but I think with Alisson, um, he's very, very good keeper. Obviously, you know, can can produce some fantastic saves. I have seen one or two games, though, where he's been caught out a little bit. Not very often. And I don't watch Liverpool week in, week out. But I've seen a couple of games where I think his position is not great or he's he's given it away a little bit with his passing. I saw that. I can't remember. I can't remember. It's terrible. I think it might so be. Your, so, your, so your choice is Edison, then Moy? Yeah, I think. What's yours, what's yours Pundit? My, my, mine's Edison, bro. Because okay. yeah. so I, I see, I, I, see him. I find it interesting because if we're talking about, in the City team, Edison is the best out of them. Not, there's not even a question to be asked. But I don't think in United's team, Edison will be the same guy. He won't be able to make as many saves. I don't think he'd be called upon. If he was called upon as much as today to make the similar sort of saves as the Gale, I'm not quite sure he would, personally. That's just my own view. And I think the Brazil manager feels that way because Alisson's the Brazil number one. And that's not me saying I don't rate Edison. I think uh, I would not swap Edison for any of those two keepers. But perceived-wise, I think perceived, I think the league would put Alisson, De Gea and Edison in that order. Speaking to Ryan. I think, I think, I think the thing with Alisson is, one thing that he's sort of, is, is a big plus mark for him, is he literally did exactly what he was brought in to do. Carrius had a shocker in the Champions League final, Yeah. So they brought in Alisson and they won the Champions League the next season and they won the Premier League the season after that. That is what he was there to do. So people look so at him... So apart from the footwork then, sorry, I, I want to... I, no, I, no I, but I, I think that's why a lot of people look at him and go, he's the sort of, the, the, the numero uno, he's so the benchmark because he's done that. Quickly, though, apart from the footwork, 
What is it you think Edison's got above De Gea and Alisson? Whenever, I mean, again, I'm going from a smaller sample size because I don't watch as much of City or Liverpool as, as Liverpool or City fans do. But when I've seen Edison, he seems quite a commanding figure around his area. De Gea struggles with that sometimes. Shot stopping, I don't think there's much between all three of them. I quite, I think De Gea's shot stopping when he's on it is as good as not better than anyone. But I think it's the other areas where he's found wanting. He doesn't command his area enough and his distribution is patchy. And I don't see that with Edison. I think he commands his area. I think his distribution from what I see is very good. And obviously it's shot stopping. Yeah, yeah, I might. Like, like what I said, they're all, they're all second. So team. basically, if, if we're talking about goalkeepers and we're all kind of saying that Edison City do have the best goalkeeper in the league then, isn't it? So shot stopping, I don't think he is. But for what City does... For what say I'm surprised that you two have said that he's the best shot stopper because I don't think no, I mean I, I think that's the one area I think where it's sort of but we're talking about the goalkeeper, that's why that's the best goalkeeper in it. So I think what you two have done there is looked at his footwork. And I know every team plays like City, so I think you've kind yeah. of given him it based on what he does for City, which is hard. I understand why you've done it, but we'll move on from that. Fair enough. You guys admit Edison. I think Edison is I wouldn't swap him for anyone. So in terms of right back, then would you go Kyle Walker, Trent, or Reese? Motty. For me, I'm going to... Uh, this is horrible. This is an horrible conversation to be having here. This is like, you know, <laughs> who, who would you rather rob your house? Um, I'm going to say... I'm going to go with Trent just because right. of his numbers. Okay. Just because of his numbers. I think they're right, ridiculous. That's fine. That's fine. Just that. Laporte, Diaz, Van Dijk. Do you know what? This is paper-thin margins for me. I'll be honest with you. With Diaz and Van Dijk, personally, and you know more about the, the players that I did. When I've seen Diaz, I've been very, very impressed. Van Dijk took, again, like Alisson, he did what Liverpool needed him to do. But I'm, I don't know, sometimes I think Van Dijk's a little bit overrated at times. I've seen him have a couple of games where his positioning is So if you great. got, if United were to put a bid in tomorrow, but, who would you take? But I think it's, again, it's paper magic. I'm probably just about going to go with Van Dijk because right, of what Okay, he's done that's for fine. Him. That's fine. That's fine. Um, all right, left back, Robinson. Um, who else is a top in the league there? Robinson, Zinchenko. Who else is a, another left back in the league there that you put up there? Um, who's your left back? Sure. Well, last season you could have had this conversation. After the Euros, you could have had this conversation. You can't have it now this season for me. Is Robinson we'll, the best we'll left back in the league for you? No. Who is? Until he got injured, I would have I would have put Chilwell over Robinson. I right, Chilwell. Fair enough. That's fine. Until he got injured. DM. Would you take Rodrik Kante? Or Fabinho? I'm a massive Kante fan. Right, Always that's fair enough. Up top, Mo Salah, Zeus, Mares. who are you taking? For his numbers, Salah. So basically, now, I've named six positions. And not one of them positions, touch and go Edison, we've pretty much said that City haven't got the best player in the league. So for me, the overriding factor there is the manager in it. So I think this whole City go around and buy all the best players in the league, I think it's a myth. I think we've got very good players. I think we've got top-notch players. But the distribution of the best players, I think, across the top four is more even than people make out. And they just don't want to give Pep Guardiola the credit. Now, that's not me saying that. Like I say, that, that's not me saying I'd swap any of our players for anyone. But you can debate with any fan. So I tried to keep United players out of that mix for a couple of reasons. <laughs> yeah, but do you know what? Do you know what? Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. But this is the thing. And this is why I think people have got a little bit of a bias, right? Because when Pep came to England and City had Aguero, Yaya Torre, David Silva and Vincent Company, yeah? That same questions, those same questions that you've just asked, I'm backing, yeah? 90% of people would have chose at least three of them for yeah. three of those positions. So where I give Pep credit, yeah, is that 
he had those, man. And now he doesn't have those, man. And he's still dominating the league, innit? Do you know what I'm saying? So I've got to give him... I've got to give... Because I could list off Salah, Mane, Kante, Van Dijk, Ronaldo, Kane, Son. Hey, all those... Ronaldo, all those... What? Hold on, one sec. He's better than Jesus. Ronaldo's better than Jesus, bro. Mike's. We're, we're, we're going to speak about Ronaldo when we get onto your game. Okay. <laughs> one thing, one thing I will say, Ronaldo. one thing I will say we'll before we go down the rabbit hole here with Ronaldo and Jesus. Um, Pep is very good at what uh, at doing the same thing and he's done it every club he's been at as manager. He usually inherits the, there or thereabouts a good team, a very good team. You could argue one of the best teams, if not the best team, but he takes it to a different level. He did it at Barca, didn't he? Inherited a very good squad. He took it to another level. At Bayern Munich, inherited a good squad. They just dominated the league, which is what they do. It comes to City, inherits a good squad. They've dominated the league. So you, you know, when you get when you get Pep in his manager, you know what you're going to get on the tin, and he does that. So yeah, yeah, know, yeah. It's, it's not like the two are mutually exclusive. Yes, he always has a good squad, if not the best squad, but he takes it to another level, and that's what he does. Do you know? What I mean? Yeah, of course. Mike, and do you know Mike what he said, does? Said like... it the other week, he said it the other week, didn't you? He said if Pep left City, he still fancies City to carry on winning titles and stuff because they've always got that that structure and that squad. The difference is with Pep. He's probably the best manager on the planet or the best coach on the planet at getting the best out of these some of these players. Yeah, but the players that he buys as well are not you don't buy superstars in it. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I was on some show the other day and 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 they asked me about Grealish and I had to say to them, listen, yeah, Grealish wasn't a world superstar. Let's not get it twisted, you know. Grealish wasn't Grealish has only just started playing Champions League football. He's only just become onto the international scene. So when the people are oh, why is 100 million on the bench? City didn't control the market. Kepa wasn't worth seventy million pound. Harry Maguire wasn't worth eighty million pound. Do you get where I'm coming from? So yeah, yeah, I, I I, even as a red, even as a red, yeah, I have to hold my hand up and say, do you know what, Pep Guardiola? Do you know what? Yeah, you deserve all the props you get because I've not seen you go out and buy a Neymar. I've not seen you, know, you go out and buy a Ronaldo or a Messi. All this being all this being said, though, I still feel for me he's got to win that Champions League without Barca. I still think that's the one thing hanging around his neck. The, the one criticism you can have of him. I think this is the season that he needs to step up. Why is it a criticism? Because I, 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 I know, but listen to me. He has won it twice a decade ago, right? Since then, he went to Bayern Uh... Munich. Now, listen, hear me out. He went to Bayern Munich, right? They would have, they won it. They went to the final and they won it. Yeah, they would have reigned champions two seasons before he got there and he never got on past the semis. And that was a criticism that a lot of the German press had of him that he should have took that squad to the Champions League final. He didn't. With City, I think City, three out of the last five years, me and you have spoken about this, have had probably the best team in Europe. And they've been knocked out by Chelsea, by Tottenham, and by Lyon in the Champions League. So I think that is a criticism. I think that is. And listen, before you go, well, Fergie, I criticised Fergie's record in Europe many a time. So it's not like I'm just, this is rose-tinted glasses and I won't say the same criticism to Alex Ferguson yeah, in the I'm Champions League. I did. And I think you have to be honest with Pep Guardiola. In the last 10 years, he should have been to one, more than one Champions League final with the players he's had at his disposal. All right, but then Motty then, like, I'm trying to work out when you say, like, it's a criticism. Are you, is it a criticism because people say he's the best of all time? Because not many managers even win the Champions League. Or is it a criticism just because you think, ah, do you know what? I think he's underachieving. I think he's, under, I think he's underachieving some of these games because I look at it, an individual game, you take it on a game, I think the Chelsea game, I thought, for me, and you might, you might disagree, I've seen that sports a lot of City fans, these tactics I thought were a bit confusing. I thought the Tottenham game where they got knocked out there, I thought they should have beaten Tottenham. The Leon game, I don't I think again people were questioning his tactics. I think he's just I don't know, it's like he's over overthinking it in these games, and I don't know why he does that. 
But I think for yeah. a manager of that ability, with the players he's got at his disposal, and looking at who's been knocked out of the Champions League by, I think he's got to step up a bit more in the Champions so, League. So I, 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 I think, think some of the teams I, that he's been knocked out by, yeah, I just the whole, he should win it. And the players that he's got at his disposal are kind of after this week because we've just gone okay. through there. Uh, some some of the players in the, in the league, and, he, and he's not got the best players in in this league according to us. So in terms of you got to remember, you've had a team, you've had the Galacticos of Real Madrid winning the league, the Champions League. You've had the Super Bayern Munich when it were winning World Cups. You've had Barcelona winning it as well. So it's not just like yet. Yeah, basically, he's had all that at his disposal because, like you see, them teams that have won it, and I'm not even being disrespectful, but part of Liverpool have had the best players in the world. And to be fair, now Liverpool, I've got some of the best players in the world. So that might, no, I do, 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 do you know what? It's, don't get me wrong, like, the Champions League is very strange because I will tell you now, right, 2005 Liverpool team, 2004 Porto team, 2007 Milan team, 2012, sorry, yeah, was it 12 um, Chelsea team, 2021 Chelsea team? None of those were the best team in Europe. They probably weren't even in the top three and they won the Champions League. So it is a very strange, you know, it, you can say yeah, that yeah. on the day. I get that. Do you work for your way for stats and all that? You flipping out. <laughs> it's, 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 it's one that's the, the, it's a bit of a bugbear of mine at times. For me, United have only won the Champions League when we've been the best team in that competition. I honestly think that. I don't think we've ever won it when we haven't been the best team in that competition. And I look at the Scousers have won it in 2005 when they weren't even, they were fifth in the Premier League for Pete's sake. You look at Chelsea finished sixth and won the Champions League. It annoys me. It annoys me, bro. Because <laughs> yeah. I feel like we missed that chance as well a little bit. Nah, yeah, yeah. But I tell you what, lads, yeah. <laughs> People, you know what annoyed me and Marty, don't you? And it was the match. Man United versus Wolves. It was a horrible match, man. Listen, yeah. Oh, I was watching that game to, and I was this. Can we not, can we not, can we not talk about <laughs> right backs a bit hey. more or something? I don't know. Something hey. else, it I was disgusted with... with like, with, with what I was watching, do you know what I mean? The passing was awful. McTom- oh, I don't know what star McTominay. Because <laughs> everybody knows what I'm about when it comes to McTominay. He's a passion fruitcake, yeah? He can't pass the ball. He doesn't know what he's doing. Do you understand? In that position. Do you know what's funny, though? Motty, yeah, I was talking to Mike's. I was talking to Mike's 20 minutes earlier. And he was telling me, nah, pundit, you know what? You're a bit harsh on McTominay, you know? And I'm saying, I'm not. He goes, you are, you are. I said, all right, then you watch. The match kicked off. Within five minutes, I knew Mike was crying. Do you understand me? Because I knew fully well you'd seen what I've been seeing for the last how many years, do you get me? But it is what it is. But on a serious note, like, what is going on? Because Ralph's coming, yeah? Yep. We've given him all the big talk and all that. Do you know what I mean? The gen-gen pressing and all that malarkey. We're not seeing it. We're seeing it for half an hour versus Palace. Now, is that because the players are not listening? Is it because he's not at the time? Is it because he can't implement it? Is it because he hasn't even got the right type of players? What's going on, bro? I mean, I think there's, there's, there's a lot to put through, unpick there, but I think it's almost all of the above. You're right. The first half an hour against Crystal Palace, I could see what he was trying to do. And I've not seen that since. I'll be honest with you. I thought the Norwich performance, the Newcastle performance and the Wolves performance were terrible. They were terrible yeah. performances. I don't care who the manager is. I don't care what the reasons are. They were awful games of football from a Manchester United perspective. Now, some of it is players who are better players than, than what they're performing. They're not producing the levels we expect from him and we know we're capable of. Some of it, it just seems like it's the system they're not used to. And I think a little bit of it is we're relying on players who we shouldn't be. Against, we'll stick to Wolves because that's the game, obviously, we're talking about. Why was Aaron Wambasaka our most prominent attacker in that first half? Why are we going through Aaron Wambasaka? 
Why are we not using other players? Why is it all about... Why, is, why have we got this system where the fullbacks all of a sudden are, seem to be so important to our attack, yet we don't have the quality there for that? Hey, hey Moy. Go on. Right, on that point there, the Wan-Bissaka yeah. point, right? Check it, yeah. right? And this is where tactics come into play. You see Wolves, yeah? They yeah. packed up that midfield, which meant United had to go to the wide areas. Now, yeah. when you go to the wide areas, you're dealing with Luke Shaw and Wan Basaka because nothing was going through the middle because McTominay and Matic were getting outnumbered in there by Neves, Moutinho and whoever else was in there. So that United had to go wide, do you know what I mean? To kind of yeah. get the ball forward, try and get the ball forward. But you're absolutely right. Why Why are we trying to rely on somebody like Wan Basaka to try and build our attacks in certain cases? It doesn't work and it will never work because he's not good at it. Do you understand? I mean, now that's, that's, just, yeah. that's just the way he plays, isn't it? But over, overall, Wolves dominated the game. You know what upset me, bro? It was more a case of like wolves. I could see wolves were popping it about, having a jolly time. Do you know every time I see teams come to Old Trafford, yeah, they're having a jolly time. They're enjoying themselves. Do you understand me, man? The one it giving goals, one twos, doing all kinds, all kinds of nonsense, bro. Go on, bro. Lads, lads, lads. Go on. Chin up, fellas. Eh? Chin up. <laughs> right. I, 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 listen, right. I know it's it's it's, it's tough. It's been a, right. a tough start. 2022. I, I get it. I get it. I get it. But we are going to have to revisit this Ralph Radnick thing, aren't we? Because I know, no, I, we've been on here now. And I remember at the appointment, I was sat here, I was I was sat there listening, and, and Pundit's coming. He's giving, he's coming here with his new ideas. I tell you what, he's got some new ideas. He's resurrected him from the dead. When I saw Phil Jones, when I saw Phil Jones' name out there, I thought, what's going on here? I mean, what? I, I, I don't know what is going on. I see, I see Phil Jones on the team sheet and I thought, Jesus. I mean... Do you know, do you know what the bad thing is as well? The bad thing is, Mike's, and I shouldn't say the bad thing because, they, you know, it's not his fault, but Phil Jones is one of our better players that against Wolves. But we're not well, going to win nothing with Phil Jones. No, no, no. Like, like, I mean, and to be fair, he did throw him under the bus a little bit, Ragnick, didn't he? Did you see his pre-match interview? Where he basically no. said, I've got no centre-back, so I've had to pick him. <laughs> that's, that's not so, confidence. So, so just, system, just, just back to the point you guys were making now. Yeah. Listen, I, I, like I say, we had the pod a few weeks ago when when, 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 when Ralph got appointed and, and Pundit's going with all his stats. He's come on here. Gen Gen press this, Gen Gen press that. And I'll be honest with you. No, I'll be honest with you. I don't know what it is. I know what a press is. A combination of going, hunting the ball back. In packs and coordinated. I heard this Genji press and thought, right. So I've been watching your last two games intently right. thinking, is that it? Is that it there? Maybe that's it. I see Ronaldo. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing, man. It's painful. I see Ronaldo laughing. running around in the night if like headless chicken. So pundit, <laughs> pundit, Jay Motty, any use. Yeah. For those like me that are listening to this, that yeah. don't know what, what should we be looking for for this? What is it we're looking for? What are we looking for? My this is the question that, that a lot of United fans are asking ourselves at the minute, right? <laughs> Listen, I want to say one thing, yeah. I want to do my disclaimer because I like a disclaimer. You know, you know me, you two know by now. I know that Ralph Ragnick needs a bit of time, yeah. I get it. I get you don't just come into a club and just automatically instill all your philosophy and get everyone on, you know, performing to the levels you want and everyone's sort of on board and, and you start winning all your matches. He, he does need time and needs a bit of patience. But that being said, these, ha- these performances have to improve and they have to improve sooner rather than later because games in the, the top four are just getting away from us. And there's certain things that I have to be honest, I'm not happy with him about. Now, I'm not saying he's the wrong man for the job and all that nonsense. I'm not saying any that. But for me, little basic things like subbing off Mason Greenwood when he's causing all sorts of problems is not the one, especially when he comes out afterwards and says, 
oh, it was between him and Cavani and I stuck with Cavani because it was one of the, the strikers. It was like, you know, I had to make a decision. You've got to be a bit more savvy than that. And I think what we need now from him as a manager is not to let players perform or stay on the pitch or get picked on reputation, but pick them on their ability, pick them on their form, pick the ones who are showing you what you need to see, not the yeah, ones who have the best records and stuff, because that's, yeah, where our, that's been our own doing all season. Go on, bro. Yeah, well, that's going to be a hard thing because let's just get straight to the bone here now. And Mike, we'll come back to what you're saying about Ralph in a yeah. sec. Well, there's an elephant in the room at Manchester United, yeah? And I'll tell you who the elephant is. And it's Cristiano Ronaldo. And I'm not saying Ronaldo's bad and he's this and that, but he's an elephant in the ring. Because let's flip back to Leeds United at home, yeah? When Mason Greenwood was up top and everything looked rosy and you're thinking, right, do you know what? This season might, might be his full-on break. breakout season. Do you know what I mean? He, he, he was giving the heads up, go on, son. Do you think? And he was doing his... What was it? Four goals in four or whatever it was. He was on it. Yeah. Now, Ronaldo's come. Big star. Aura. Presence. Leader. Alpha male. Do you understand me? Now... We're dealing with a soft dressing room. Manchester United is a soft dressing room. No one can tell me any different. Oli was a soft manager and he's built a soft dressing room. He's got a soft captain. Do you get me? So when you take it all in equation, Ronaldo's come into that dressing room and upset the balance because Ronaldo's old school. He's not from this school. He's from the school of Keane and Giggs and Vidiches. He wants to win. So last week, two weeks ago, whenever it was Newcastle, body language this, body language that, stairs here, stairs there. Listen, if the kitchen's hot, you, you've got to get out of the kitchen, innit? Do you understand yeah. me? So there's a psychological thing going on in that Manchester United dressing room. And let me tell you something, it comes down to human psychology because naturally, the group are going to follow an alpha male. Whether that's your manager, whether that's your captain, Roy Keane, whether that's your captain, Vincent Company, whether that's your manager, Pep Guardiola, or your manager, Alex Ferguson, they're going to follow the alpha male. Now, Maguire, captain, is he an alpha male? I don't think he is. I don't know the guy, but I don't think he's an alpha male from what I see. Ronaldo is. So what you've got is a concoction, a mishmash of different players, young players who are not really ready for the step up like Wambasaka and that. Do you get me? Young star boys, like you've got like, obviously you've got guys like Greenwood, you've got Rashi who's becoming, who's 24, 25, lost a bit of confidence. Do you know what I'm saying? And you've got McTominay who just isn't of that, of that ilk. So you've got a mix. Then you've got Martial who wants out. You've got Lingard who wants out. Then you've got Phil Jones who's just coming back. Then you've got Varane who's a World Cup winner and a superstar. Then you've got Pogba who wants a payday. Or It's all a mishmash. And nothing is rolling in the same direction, bro. Do you get me? I, and I, agree, with, I agree with you. And, and there's, a, there's a story that's just broke as we're recording this from Dave McDonnell in the mirror. He's saying mm. that there's up to 11 players that want... Everything you just said, basically, Pundit, he's saying that, you know, there's clicks forming... 11, up to 11 players want out. Players are disillusioned. Some of the players you mentioned, like Martial, Van der Beek, Henderson, um, upset that they, they, they didn't get any game time under Ollie and not get any game time under Ragnick. There's also this element of the fact that he's only here, potentially, or probably, sorry, till the summer. So players are thinking, you know, do I have so to listen to this guy or whatever? That, just on that. Just on yeah. that. So, uh, like you see, so one of the points that Pundit made in that when he was talking about this Ralph guy, about he's got a clear philosophy. That's the... I think... Yeah, got it here. Clear... <laughs> Philosophy was the line. Now, this, this philosophy, Gen Gen Press, yeah, this, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, 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 45 minutes we've seen it and you abandoned it. He's abandoned it after 45 minutes. Pep Guardiola would never. Jorgen yeah, hold on. Hold on. Tony hold on, Mike. Tony Pulis is still sticking in the mixer. It was yeah, hold, in the mixer until he dies. <laughs> Mike, listen. Listen, right? Let's just be honest about this, right? Ralph's been here, what, 28 days or something like that, mad, right? He's coming, COVID, hardest month of the season, hardly had any training. It's new, new staff, 
And let's not forget because you can hey, Rouse only lost one game in seven. Now I'm not gonna sit here and say United's performances have been good because they haven't, they've been diabolical, yeah. but he's got the results, yeah, in terms of three wins, two draws, and one loss, right? So we can't look at it and think, oh yeah, Ralph's come in and he's lost five games in a row. That's not happening. So let's just get that straight out the window. Secondly, a philosophy is going to take time. Mike, you know this and I know this, right? So Ralph does have, have an idea of he wants to play now. He might not have the players to play how he wants to play because Gen Gen pressing and all this malarkey, yeah, it requires a certain skill set, requires a certain mentality. And I'm going to talk about the sacrificial mentality that United do not have when too many cooks want to be the main chef Nothing gets cooked. And at Manchester United right now, there's too many men that want to be the main man. Cavani. Go on. No, I was going to say, we're going to go back to the point. Is he strong enough? Because I'll tell you now, me and you, me and you had a conversation, right? And you said to me, this was just before the Christmas fixtures. And we had a conversation on this pod as well. And there was a conversation about Ronaldo not playing all season. And just before the Christmas fixtures, you said to me, Pundit, now Ronaldo will play two and he'll rest him for two. He started every single game. Who's right. in charge over there? Isn't right. And what did Mike, Mike, and what, what did I say to you? I said to you, um, Ronaldo's aura might be too big for Ralph. Because listen, there's one important thing, right? If the egos in that changing room are bigger than the respect that they've got for Ralph, United are in trouble. They're in huge trouble. Because if a man thinks his ego is bigger than the respect he's got for the manager, then the manager's finished. It's, sim- it's as simple as that. Grealish. And whoever else that Pep signed, they know their ego are never going to be bigger than Pep, Pep Guardiola because of what Pep's got on his CV. Everybody at Tottenham right now, everyone in that dressing room will not have a bigger ego than Antonio Conte. Their respect for Antonio Conte will be bigger than their ego. At Manchester United, I'm questioning whether the players in that dressing room's egos are bigger than their respect for actual for Ralph. Because there's going to be a lot of man in there. So, so Marty, right? But there's going to be a lot of man in that dressing room, right? That would just like Mike's Who's this Ragnick guy? Who's Ralph? Do you get me? That's a lot of them younger players, especially, will be asking because they don't know him. Do you understand me? A lot, a lot, even a lot of older guys, a lot of older players don't really know him. Do you get me? Like that because he's not an elite manager. Let's just get that straight. He's not an elite manager. Do you understand me? He builds clubs. He has coach and he's doing well at, at certain level clubs. But he's not an elite manager. Do you understand me? So there's a, so there's a chasm there and there's a problem and it's a human psychological level. And when you when when that psychological balance isn't correct in a dressing room. You've got problems. And right now, United have got big problems. Go on, Marty. Sorry, son. I, I, no, 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 no. You, you bang on it. But I think that, that what Ralph Ragnick has got to do here is almost use his disadvantage to his advantage. Now, people are looking at yeah. it and citing the fact that he's only here till the summer as a disadvantage, that the players are not going to listen to him or not going to buy into what he's going to do because he's got in the summer. But he can come in, he can go, listen, I'm not here long-term. I'm not here as a manager long-term. Anyway, I know he's going to stay on as a consultant. I don't need to worry about the long-term upsetting him and upsetting him or whatever and, and all this and who's going to the World Cup or any of that nonsense. All I need mm. to worry about is this game, this next game in front of me. That is it. I don't care if people get upset. I can wreck this gaff. Do you know what I mean? I can be ruthless. So, just, so, so just I can do that. that and I think that's what he needs to do. And he, I think he needs to say, you know what, if you're going to spit your dummy out and sulk, fine, go and spit your dummy out and sulk in the resis because that's where you're going to be spending the rest of the season because I'm not here to make any friends. I've got a five-month contract, whatever it is. I'm going to see that out. And I'm going to pick my team on a game-by-game basis on who's the best 11 for that game. And if you don't like it, you can go whining. But you know what, Motty? Because I don't care. That's but you know what, Motty, right? need to come at it. Yeah, but you know what? And But, but even that, there's, there's a problem. I'll tell you what the problem is. Because he's on a five-month contract, Martial, or say Pogba, for example, he's worth £100 million in a sense. 
60 million pounds. So the, the players are bigger are a bigger asset than the manager. So the club will always put faith in what's what's gonna what, what's gonna make them money, right? So yeah. Jose Mourinho had an issue with Pogba. They chose Pogba over Jose Mourinho because Same Pogba's the bigger asset. Do you get me right? So uh, so there's a there's, there's how can I put it? There's like there's an unbalance in it, whether it's financial, whether it's psychological, whether yeah. it's mental. Well, yeah, just, just go on, mate. Because I want to talk about the game, to be fair, lads. So, <laughs> you know, so, uh, so you right. know what? It was interesting because we're talking about this guy and his coaching. But let's get back to that. We can get back to all that dressing room. So we'll get back to that. So, I see something out there on, on, on in that game, which I thought, wow. <laughs> Still, as you said, Pundit, Wolves were popping a team around and it actually rearranged your formation. Luke Shaw ended up at centre-back. Moran ended up in midfield and Matic ended up at left-back. I don't know. Yo. But this is Wolves, Mike. But this is Wolves. Wolves, but listen, Mike. Who the hell do Manchester United think they are? Who the hell do they think they are thinking they're going to win football matches with Mick Fred and Phil Jones? <laughs> now, Fred wasn't on the pitch, but Mick Fred has played enough time. What, who on earth gave Manchester United? I've got a Go on. question. Is Harry Maguire that much better than Phil Jones? Just, 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 just putting it out there. Right, can can we say like there's, there's two things? It sounds right, like it's, it's gonna be two things. Here. No, like the answers, the answers, yes, right. And I'll tell you why. For starters, Phil Jones hasn't played any football for two years, yeah. So he might have had a decent game against Wolves, or a good game against Wolves, I should say. But he's not been available for two years. He's had, and I know he's had problems. I'm not digging out the kid, but he hasn't been available. So he's been completely useless as a Manchester United player in terms of being able to put a United shirt on. Harry Maguire has been available since we bought him up until obviously recently and he missed the, the, the back end of his second season. And I think there's, and it's easy to look at Harry Maguire and go, his time at Manchester United has been a disaster. Well, it hasn't. It hasn't been a disaster. We finished third in his first season and second in his second season. Yes, we've not won any trophies. Yes, I want more for him. Yes, we overpaid for him. We did. But that ain't his fault. It is his fault he cost 80 million quid. So mm, mm. I don't think there's a real conversation there. See, yeah, yeah Martin, let me ask you a question then. He's, he's a so, Harry Sorry. All right, so Motti, would you keep Maguire as captain or do you think that needs to get handed over? The issue I've had, this is a good question. I've had this question so many times and I've always said the same thing. My problem with that is, I think if you take that away from Maguire, it's just, it's, it's, it's stripping him of the captaincy and he's going to lose even more confidence. That's the last thing need. And, and if, it was, I think it was more like he was stripped to the vice captaincy and him and, him and Mourinho had, so, had fallen out so much. I don't think Pogba cared anymore. But I think there with Maguire is, is that going to make him more in a shell? Is that going to make him more difficult? Then are you giving it to you, giving it to Ronaldo? Is that just saying, Ronaldo, this is all about you now, completely? You're doing what you want. You're the captain. You're everything. I'm, I'd still stick with him, boys. So, it's, it's just a quick it's one, then, G, G, it is. What's Go the... On. Is it stressful in Tiarian? What's the atmosphere yeah. like? Are you guys... Are you guys doing the Sioux and all that stuff in there? <laughs> no, mate, I tell you what, if you want to get thrown out there, thrown, thrown from the tier, thrown into, onto the pitch, trying to be in the Sioux. Oh, no, but what's it like in I'm there? 40, I'm 41 years old, mate. <laughs> what's it? Well, yeah, never in the South Stand say that. So what's it? Is everyone still... No one's, no one's, no one's turned around yet and gone... Happening with this Ralph guy, is it all? Do you know what, right? I'll be honest with you. I wasn't, I was, I was away, I was in St. Ives for the Wolves game, so I wasn't there for the for that game. But what I've seen, you know, previously, and what I was chat to him in the group chat, and I chat to him, a lot of them are my friends as well. And it's like similar to what me and Pundit have said here, you, you can criticize certain decisions and question certain things, but you can understand what he's got to deal with and the problems he's got to deal with. And it, there are a lot of issues there. He didn't inherit 
Ole Gunnar Solskjaer didn't get sacked because Manchester United were a wonderful football club with a great team, performing magnificently every week, challenging for the title. We were a mess. That's why he got mm. sacked. We were getting battered off Leicester, Watford, absolutely annihilated off Liverpool. City treated our game like a, a training match. It was embarrassing. That's what why you make it a Luke Shaw interview, lads? I thought it was a, a, whilst I, 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 I'd admire it a little bit more if I, if I didn't notice the fact that I think he's been so awful this season. I do. So I, I found it interesting, on, just purely on the fact that he's, he's basically, to tell me if I've interpreted this wrong, I'm happy to take any guidance from people that uh, uh, were studying it a lot closer than I was, but it sounded like we've had a couple of managers there, we're not listening to anything they say, welcome back <laughs> Harry, you know, welcome back <laughs> Harry, we know all you guys have been having a laugh out of him, um, sorry not Harry, Phil Jones, welcome back Phil Jones, we know all you guys have been having a laugh out of him, but he had a tremendous game, even though he gave away the winning goal. Now, <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest with you, Mike. Yeah, I listened to that interview and I thought to myself, all right, this is going to get blown right up. Do you get me? Because obviously he's, con- he's gone out there and said, we need the thing that got me and annoyed me, yeah? And if I was in front of Luke, I would have said to him, listen, yeah, you keep talking about we need to do this, we need to do that, we need to do this, we need to do that. So why are you not doing it? Yeah. It's quite simple. If, 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 if players know what they need to do, why are you not doing it? So there's a problem in it. And and, 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 that, and that there in, in itself is the problem. You know what needs to get done. We need to bring intensity. We know we need to bring our A game. We need to... So get it done then, lads. Because Man United fans are sick of it. Do you understand? Because we're seeing basic things not being done. Like running for your teammate. Intensity. Sacrificing yourself for the team. Making the correct decisions. Controlling the football. Passing the football to, to another red shirt. Basic high school stuff that just isn't happening at Manchester United. And I don't like talking about money, yeah, because it doesn't come into it too tough. But there's a lot of players out there that are collecting good dough and they're not trapping the ball. They're not controlling the ball. (laughs) Do you get me, bro? And I'll be the first to stand up and ask why. I'm asking why. And these are the questions that fans have got, Mike. Do you get me? And it's not right and it's not good. This is Manchester United. You're not playing for Watford. You're not playing for Leicester. You're playing for what you claim to be the biggest club in the football in the, in, the, in in the football world. Do you understand me? So we've got there's there's loads of questions in it, and let, let's not let's not act like United have won trophies over the last two years because they haven't. United haven't won trophies you know, the last you, five years. Do you know do what you, I mean? Do you know, do you know what? Like you, you you've hit nail on the head, and Mike's revving in it. I don't blame you. I'd be revving it if I was a you know if this was Manchester City now. Or, you know, I'd be. No, I'm generally just curious. No, G- I get I get it. I get it. Right? <laughs> I understand it. Trust me. And, it, you know, we are becoming a laughing stock because we're imploding all over the gaff. The performances, the dressing room, everything, everything about us at the minute. And it's painful to watch. And it's something that needs to get addressed. And it needs to get addressed, first and foremost, this season. But also, fundamentally, what is going on? What, uh, what is yeah. the structure of this club? What is the philosophy of this club? What is the ethos? What is any of that? What are we doing? What is our plan? Because I look at other clubs, I look at our rivals, and they seem to have this plan, this structure, this, you know, whatever you want to call it. There's a strategy there that keeps them going and looks like it's going to keep them going for quite a while, regardless of who the manager is or how much money they spend and all that stuff. With United, I don't see any of that. And I feel like now, right now as we sit here, we are in just as bad a position as we were when Jose Mourinho got sacked. Nothing has changed. Nothing. Like, we haven't improved. We haven't... The the, the, the good things that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer did in terms of building that spirit, building that community where everyone's thought, okay, this is a team I can get behind, everyone seems to be on the same page, 
seems to have all gone. And now we're hearing reports coming out of the press today that there's clicks in the dressing room. Everyone's fallen out with each other. They don't trust the manager. The manager's only here for six months. We're not going to listen to him. All this other drama. And it needs to change. And it doesn't just change with, OK, let's get another manager in. It changed with the structure. And that's what needs to change because at the minute, the structure is rotten. You know, I hear you, and 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 it's not it's not helpful when the evil empire think they can pipe up. Because I'm hearing a lot of Liverpool fans saying all sorts to me. Do you get me online? I'm saying to them, listen, lad, you lot, yeah, I've only won one trophy. Klopp's only won one domestic trophy in six years. Do you know what I mean? All that type of stuff, and they're going on as though they're dominating. And I'm saying to them, yeah, you are not Manchester City. United are not doing what City are doing right now. Either there's levels in it. And listen, man, it, it is what it is, isn't it? Football fans will always have banter. Do you know what I mean? Hold tight, you know, you know, you know, you know what, who you are. This you is get what reminds me about the, the Liverpool fans now piping up. And that, that one title they won has done a lot of heavy lifting because I hear yeah. all this, oh, between, <laughs> us, between us and City, we've won five of the last five titles. I think, hang on a minute, and City won about four of them. Four of them. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Seriously. Yeah. Now, listen, man, it is what it is, and, 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 and it's right in it. But obviously, it's partly banter and partly facts, in it? Because at the end of the day, yeah, United are not, they're not doing what City are doing. Do you know what I mean? Liverpool, they, I don't think they can talk too much. They've won as many titles as Leicester and Blackburn have in the last 30 years. So they can't pipe up. Do you know what I mean? Kenna, apprentice star, you know who I'm talking to. Do you know what I mean? But it is what it is. Do you know what I'm saying? So, but moving on, obviously, halfway through the season, top four looks like it's going to be a better race than the title race. Do you understand me? So, lads, I want to know your predictions halfway through the season. Who's going hey, to finish in the top four? So, yeah, I'm glad you brought this up. If we could just go back to when we first had this conversation. I know, I know. Man. I know. <laughs> I know. Do we have to remind everyone how I started the conversation with the top four looks set? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I remember it clearly, G. I remember you said, and I said, you know what? United, I don't know when I, I got laughed at. And like I say, I maintain no. even, even right now, I still, there's still a part that I think you'll, you'll get. But Arsenal seems to be exuding confidence. Tottenham seen on the continent now to get in confidence. It's going to be a little bit more of a bumpy ride than probably you would have expected for that. Um, for that. So who's, who's, who's your top four then, Mike? Um, I, I'm going to go um, City, Liverpool, Chelsea. And yeah, I think um, Tottenham. Tottenham. And I'll be honest with you, I think Spurs... If Conte's got them, like he's got, he's got them in the palm of his hand, right at this moment in time. How, however long that lasts for, though, I don't know. But Spurs could be a little bit of a problem if Conte keeps them in in the palm of his hand because he's a winner in it and he knows how to win. Now he's not going to win the league, obviously, but he knows how to get over the line in certain things. So for top four, I think Spurs are going to probably be United's biggest. Chance. I think Arsenal in the end might tail off. You know, West Ham, I don't trust. Yeah. I think West Ham. I think I think West Ham are pretending. Do you know? Do you know when? Do you know when you get a team like Leicester did two two seasons ago, where you thought, "Oh bloody hell, Brendan Rodgers is going to keep 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 them in the top four. I think West Ham are on that same vibe in it, and I don't think they'll finish in the top four. So I think it's between Spurs and United personally. I've got to switch it back, you know, because when Go I look at, when I look at Arsenal's eleven that, that they put out the other day with that midfield party and the, the back four looks a bit settled. I don't know. Uh, Jury's still out, Arsenal, about them, but I think they're a better. Yeah. I, I, I think they're a better team than Tottenham. Or to play better football is probably the best way to put it. But they're just a bit more suspect. So I was toying between those two. But yeah, I hear what you're saying. So I, got, I think I think I think the thing with Arsenal is they've just I think there's something wrong with them mentality wise, like against the bigger teams, especially. They just they seem to just struggle 
Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know whether there's the real belief there, whether they lack a I know it's ironic a United fan saying this, but like a lack of leadership at times, they, they just seem to sort of either cave in or the Reds go. And I think that might be their undoing. I think United have, you know, we're all over the gaff. If, if players that are good players can turn up, then we've got every chance of getting the top four. But I just, I've got a horrible feeling that the, the Conte thing is going to come back to bite us. I really, mm. I really do. I really do. Yeah. I think we're going to end up looking back at it and going, and I don't like saying this. I don't like saying it into a new manager's, you know, like you said there, Pundit, 28 days into his reign, questioning whether we got the right manager, which is almost yeah. what I'm doing. But I just feel like Conte might get Spurs over the line. And I think Chelsea, the Scousers and, and City, I think have got, yeah. they've got too much for the others. Yeah, well, you, which, whichever way it goes, I think it's going to be quite um, a mad race for the top four. Do you know what I mean? And Liverpool, they can still get caught. Chelsea can it's Chelsea still quite could, you know Chelsea could you know Chelsea yeah. like, I know I know there's a I know there's a like a, you would love it but I think the Scousers will have too much to be anywhere no no I think I, 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 I put more faith in the Scousers if that's the right word then I think Chelsea are a bit up and down they've got they've had yeah the, but hold on the, the Lukaku thing as well which yeah but hold on yeah, but the evil empire are not solid, you know. Think about it. Mane and Salah, they're going away as well to the AFCON as well, you know. There's, looks like, I, looks like it's only two, two games, though, so, isn't it? Two, two games. games. Yeah. yeah, but that's six not, points. Nah, not, not even playing. <laughs> they've, they've, got, they've, got, got, they've got anyone in the top half of the table, I don't think. Uh, yeah, I think it's pretty... Uh, the, the, the two games that they miss, I'd expect them to win. Yeah, yeah. But you expected United to flip in. Beat Wolves and them type of teams, isn't it? How does it, well, well, it come to this? That's what I want to know. I was sat here barely in 2022, and I'm wondering if I'm wondering whether we're even going to get top six at this rate. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jay, Marty, hey, hey, the Europa, hey, hey, the Europa Conference League's calling United. Oh, you know they've been belling United. You know, bro. You know how many times <laughs> I said, I said, right, I, I said it at, at Stockholm. I said I never want to see Europa League again. We were back in it two years later. And now it's looking like you're not even Europa League, Europa Conference. Europa, listen, I cannot believe United are going to take Ronaldo, Cristiano, five times Ballon d'Or winner, into the Europa League. It can't happen. And, and, that and it, Champions League, Varane, four times Champions <laughs> League winner into the conference. <laughs> Mate, he's oh going to be right my. on the phone to his agent, isn't he? Oh, he's my this Rubbish ball. Yeah, yeah man, it's all mad. It's all mad, you know what I mean? But. It's a new year, in it? So hopefully it's going to bring some new stuff after the first game. Gone, do you know what I mean? But yeah, people, man, you know what time it is, isn't it? You know where you're at, what gaff you're in. It's the three points in the gaff. Do you know what I'm saying? So listen, forward it on, share it, tell people about it. As I say, you know the drill. Every week it's me, Pundit. I'm here with Mike's and I'm here with Jay Motter. You know how we get down. Do you know what I mean? So big up yourselves. And listen, thank you again tuning in we've only been doing this what for the last six months or so so yeah do you know what we see your support we and we and and, and we see that you're tuning in and, and uh, all of that do you know what i mean so yeah thanks again for that but listen people take care and until next time we're gone sports social podcast network step into the world of power loyalty and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.